Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. My guest on Talk Design is Richard Petrie from the Architects Marketing Institute. Now, Richard and I have had uh, discussions before and around marketing and architects in particular. And with us doing this special series on the AIA Austin Homes Tour, um, which is going to be held over this coming weekend, the 16th, 17th, 18th. we were talking about the difference that each architect brings and what the value of bringing a homes tour to the marketplace is and who does it, who gets the value from it? Is it the architect? Is it the uh, person who goes on the tour who might be the public who gets inspired by it? Is it a, somebody who's in the architectural world or in the design world that is wanting to climb the ladder that they're, they're early in this business? And also what does it do for architecture globally? I think all these things are really key to the points that, make this thing a success it's not by mistake that it's their 34th tour and that they were able to take it virtual because of covid times um they've got enough background and oomph and quality architecture to be able to do that so richard welcome thanks adrian yeah good to be here and it's an interesting topic isn't it you know the idea of being in these type of um shows i I suppose it's a show isn't it really it is it's a tour, it's a show, and um, and we want to talk about it from a marketing point of view because I think a lot of designers and architects, they kind of know it's a good idea to be in it, but, uh, you know... Where does it, that all land? Yeah, but where does it all land? How does it all fit together? So um, we were talking just before we, we started recording, but I, I want to give you everybody a framework for thinking about I guess branding and marketing for for an architect or for a designer. So I want you to imagine a pyramid and at the bottom of the pyramid is low power, low power and probably lower fees. You get questioned more on your fees. There's pushback. You're often asked to do proposals and you might be one or three or four or five who who they're interviewing and they're going to pick one. So these are the generalists, right? As we go, this up, is where everybody starts. By the yeah, way, is it some sort of generalist? Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, and you don't have to, but but you kind of fall to generalist because you say to yourself, "Oh well, I can do anything," you know, and you can, and you think, "Well, that's a strength because I can do everything." So that's a strength. I'm a generalist, um, and you think it's a you think it's a strength, but the problem is, the market doesn't never sees a generalist as a, as a as a powerful figure in the industry no it may be as a position being a generalist but not for your marketing your marketing needs to say this is what i do so people can clearly define you correct and and you know and, and i've had a lot of architects say you know i said you know do you especially you know what's your what's your niche i'm a generalist i can do anything and and they're right that is a strength but the problem is there's a saying that we all know, which is jack of all trades. Master of none. Correct. And that's the perception, right? So that's kind of what, that's the problem with being seen as a generalist. While it is good, it's not seen as particularly good by your marketplace. So the next level up the power pyramid where you learn, 
a bit more money or quite a bit more money um, you won't be competing with people as much you'll get you'll get more people coming to you rather than you going to them and that yeah. is the, that is that is the specialist right so the next level up is the specialist the, you know and, and as we go up this pyramid the high end of any market is attracted to the high end of the pyramid and the low end is probably attracted to the low end so you kind of get where they see you on this pyramid is kind of the type of clients you're going to attract. So if you're not happy with the clients you're attracting, you need to think about where you're, where you're seen on, on this pyramid. Where you're positioned. Yeah, because as you say, the high end of any market. So if someone own business, um, they're looking to surround themselves with other big achievers. Correct. And people no, who deliver something of high value to them. And, and, you know, if you're a celebrity person with an unlimited budget, you might want a celebrity architect. Now, the celebrity architect is right at the top of the power pyramid. But, you know, if you're a, if you're a you know, you've got a $5 million budget, for example, and, and you know, I've got some clients who, who have $5 million budget clients, then they don't want the generalist. They don't want the person who's in the middle of the pack. They want the yeah. architect who, who matches up with them. Yeah, and this is why it becomes important in understanding who you are. Yeah. Um, I certainly know my journey in this business is um, understanding who I am and who I can be the most value to. Correct, and, yes. But yeah. I've just interviewed all the architects who are on the um, Austin tour, and I know quite a few that aren't on the Austin tour as well, and getting that sense of them standing for something and they don't really get on this tour unless they do stand for something. Right. So for all the people who aren't, that, that don't get a shot at it, it's because they don't stand for something enough that it's right. clear enough right. for, for the architects, um, the AIA Austin to go, that is, this person fits our values and fits where we're trying to take this and brings something new and fresh um, in the way, in the form of the homes. Um, and because it's all residential, it's all very, but it's all very personally based. It's a right. person to person conversation as opposed to person to multiple people conversation that a commercial might develop. Right, right. So, so to finish off this power pyramid, you've got the generalist at the bottom. You've then got higher up the power pyramid is the specialist. specialist. Then you've got the expert or the authority figure. In the industry and then above that above you think well surely the expert or the authority is the top of the tree no <laughs> not in Western culture today at the top of the tree is the celebrity right. and, and people you know our culture the Western culture particularly values celebrities higher than they value experts you know so yeah. you know let's say I've got a marketing company and, and I you know I could either get the um, the head fox at the University of Architecture School, you know, the head professor to endorse us, or I could get Angelina Jolie. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'll take Angelina Jolie. Every day, even right? if she doesn't even know what you do. Yeah. No, no, you know, that, that's, that's the type of thing. Um, or, or, or Oprah might be a bit, you know, I'd rather have Oprah yeah. endorsing me than, um, than... Than all the professors of architecture. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because it's just she's she's got more power. 
because yeah. she's a celebrity, right? So, so there's the power pyramid. Now, the question is, where do you want to be on that power pyramid? You may not want to be the celebrity, you know, seen as the celebrity. Oh, one other thing is, the reason we need to think about this is because when people are choosing designers, there is no ranking system for them to look at. And let's say, oh, you know, I want the 54th best architect or designer in, in um, the area where Adrian works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, How do you rank them? And people rank them by, um, I suppose, endorsement. Um, well, let's, let's get they, into that before you give away yeah, the punchline. Okay. Yeah. Before you give away the punchline. <laughs> you're like my wife. She does this all the time. I'm telling the story, and then she'll come along and go, boom, boom, and I'll go. <laughs> Don't tell the end of the joke yet. Stop letting the air out of the tyres. I, I, I built it up. And she's a, she's a, she, she knows she does. And then she'll, oh, sorry, but the air's out of the tyres. It's too so late. It's flat. The point is people don't know where you fit on the ranking. They don't know whether you're number one, number 10, number 15. So what they have to do is they have to look for superficial clues to see where you right. fit. Right? Yeah. They look for superficial clues as to where you fit on that scale. And then, you know, maybe they just want an expert. They don't want an authority or a celebrity because they think, well, that'll be really expensive. So I just want someone who specializes in my type of work. So they're good, but they're not super expensive. But, you know, so you've got to consider yeah. sort of what your market is and who you want and, and then how high up that power pyramid you want to be. Now, they're looking for superficial clues to see if you're a match for the type of project they want. So the things they're looking at, well, the things that can move you up the power pyramid, because if you're stuck as a generalist and all that, you need to move up to at least a specialist. Yeah, specialist first step up. And you, you, um, you mentioned one before. Well, being on, being someone who's on this tour would be a symbol yep. of power. It would be, it would be a symbol that, well, you must be a better architect because you're on the tour than someone who's not on the tour. Yep. Right? yep. That would be and, one and symbol of power um, that someone would look at and superficially. And it may not be. It may be you're just a friend of the AIA president who. You know, yeah. Says, Ingrid, you Ingrid loves you, and she says, "I'll get you through the back door." That's right. Yeah. You know, you're, she owes you money, so she says, "Well, tell yes. you what, I'll get you on the tour." And so it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you're the best architect, but you know, it means you're good at getting yourself on the tour. But but you probably are a good architect in this case. Now, so being on a tour like this would be one. The fees you charge would be another symbol of power, right? Yeah. How much? How much do you charge if you're cheap? Well, that, they would superficially look at that and go, well, then, therefore, she's not very good. Yes. She's half the price of Adrian. Therefore, Adrian must be better. Must be better. Yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily true because the number of architects I see who have no idea of their value, they, they, price, they, they price on you know, being cheap because they think that'll win them deals. And, but it, but yeah. actually, it doesn't. I find when they put their fees up, they can often attract not only more clients, but better clients because who wants to go to the cheapest architect in town? Yes, it, 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 it certainly um, is a value proposition with that. And it's a really important one that the people in the marketplace, if they're looking for somebody who does, you know, $5 million, $10 million houses, has an expectation because of the amount of money that they're dealing with daily. Um, 
they're looking for somebody who matches that expectation yeah. as opposed to someone who is um, doing, you know, maybe a, a small sustainable, um, you know, ADUs um, where they, where people are going, yeah, I need this to get some in- extra income off my, off my property. Um, they may not be looking for that depth of architectural, they're looking for the talent, but they're not necessarily looking for the fee. Yep, um, that's right. I had a friend who who called me into his office. He was a client friend, and uh, he he said, "Have I shown you my house?" And I, I said, "No." He said, "Oh, I'm getting this house built." He said, um, "Oh, I'm I'm working with this architect. He's really good. Uh, he's from Christchurch. He's really good." And I, and I I said, "Oh, that's good." He said, "But he is excruciatingly expensive." <laughs> and he said it with a slight proud smile on his face he's i said oh, oh well, that's a pity he said no he he's excruciatingly expensive richard and he was proud of the fact he had this excruciatingly expensive architect because he saw himself up here and therefore he wanted he didn't want an architect that that i could afford or that other people he wanted an architect that most people couldn't afford because that yeah. means he was getting a better architect and it meant he was getting something that not everybody can have. And it meant yeah. his status, his status was being raised up because of the type of architect he was able to hire, which is not too dissimilar to, I want to own a car that not everybody can afford. You know, I want a $300,000 Porsche. Yeah. Not that I know the difference between a 100,000 and 300,000, but if I'm driving a 300,000, then people will look at me and go, oh, he must be successful. It, it's, a, it's a symbol of power. Correct. It's a superficial symbol of power, but that's how it works. You know, and, yeah. and there's other things. If you've written a book, um, your fees, what else have I got here? You know, oh, you've been being published, published, award-winning. If awards. you've been interviewed by Adrian Ramsey, you must be yeah. good. You know? <laughs> must be good, yeah. Must be but good. interviewing is a big thing, whether it be on podcasts or TV or, um, you know, in any of those things, it, it is a big, it's a symbol of power. Of course. And there's things like your photo, you know, your portfolio and who you hang out with, who, you know, you know, yeah. the, the photos of you hanging out with, with, with Oprah on your Facebook page, or are you hanging out with some, uh, you know, a street cleaner? You know, yeah. Those, but they're all superficial things, but you've got to think about that, uh, that, that the superficial things you we call it you know we call it surrounding yourself with the symbols of power. So you've got to work out where on the pyramid you want to be. You you've got to work out what symbols of power you need to collect and surround yourself with, so that when people take their superficial judgments of you, it's in line with where you want them to see you. It's consistent, and then you'll attract those people because they'll go, boom he or she is a match for me and, and, and you attract, you know, if you want to move up the power pyramid, you need to move your symbols of power up the power pyramid. And it's a right. because it's, it's, you know, like, like we said before, there's no ranking system for architects and designers. It's, yeah. it's all superficial perceptions. So you need to make sure that your superficial perceptions are in line with where you want to be on that power pyramid. A really interesting point that you make there is is that it, it is the superficial things and most creatives tend to um, look to other creatives for um, 
you know, for, for, for recognition. And um, it, it's a, a, a stepping stone of this, this other creative thinks I'm really good, but they're, never, they're not your customer. Correct. That your customer's yeah. external to that. Yes. And when they're external to that, it's how do they find, you know, how, how do they view you? And if they're confused, then if you confuse them, then they'll look to where they can see clarity. Yes. And so choosing the level you have to be the celebrity, I guess. You could be, as you say, a specialist or an expert. And certainly all the people that I've interviewed for the AIA tour would be in the expert category. Right. Some of them in Austin would be seen as um, celebrities, but n only within their own sphere. Correct. Not That's celebrities fine. by the public. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and that's that's a good distinction. You don't have to be Oprah Winfrey or you know um, Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not even a good idea to bring Trump. that. You know, bring that up. But yeah, you know, but but what a master of positioning himself as a celebrity. Forget his politics. Absolutely. But yeah. you know, he he does this, and 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 this probably muddies the water now and says, well, I don't want to be Donald Trump, so I'm not going to do this. But forget Donald Trump. It, it, it works. Trump. It works. Yeah. You know, and so. You need to think about this. Um, um, if there was, I was going to say, if there was sort of like three key points that you would say would be the ones to, for, for any person listening, whether you're in this highly established architect or whether you're a, um, you know, want growing architect, you're a generalist and you're choosing where you want to be. Um, or if you're the public and you're trying to make a, a choice, what would be three key points? Well, for an architect, it's it's recognised there is this psychological unspoken pyramid of power that exists from generalist to specialist to expert to celebrity. Step number one: recognise that that is you know that is how the you know we, we look at things. Um, step number two: work out where you want to be on that on that pyramid. Uh, and step number three would be literally you know come up with symbols of power that lead people that point back to you being at that level and, and and that's it basically right and if you're the public um what are they most likely to not necessarily look for because you don't know that but they're looking for somebody who's going to design their home and what sort of things do you think would be the most important that would um, give them the sense that this is a person to choose well probably yeah, that's a good question. Um, so you're probably better positioned to answer how do you really judge a designer than I am. I'm I'm good on how do you position yourself as as a good designer, but how would I'll, I'll flip it back on you? How should people? How do people really rate? Yeah, where on the um, just from a design point of view? Because I look at your work and I look at someone else's work and I look at someone else and they all look good to me. And yeah. so I end up making decisions based on superficial things, which is the natural thing to do. But how you, I'll, t I'll ask you, how, how, do, how should people choose a designer? I think that um, if, they, if the people are looking to do this, you know, go down this road, the big important pieces are understanding how far, how involved they want to be in the process. Now, generally with a, um, with a residential home, um, they will want to be involved in the process. It's unlikely that they're, if they're getting it designed that they just go, yeah, look, just draw me up something and I'll be happy with that. 
Um, so the first thing is, is like, what is the relationship going to be like with this person? And the only way you can do that is, is by listening to them, talking to them, hearing what other people say about them and looking at their work that they've done previously. But more importantly than just their work is how they've connected with their clients. Are you going to be let in the door? So most architects, from my experience of interviewing, you know, plenty of them are highly empathetic. For the main part, they're highly empathetic. They walk more than a mile in the client's shoes. Right. Um, and they, they do that. They have to become in those client's shoes, become embodied in it so that they can see it from the client's perspective. But then they have to be able to remove themselves to see it from the environmental perspective, the regulation perspective, and the artistic perspective. Um, you know, not everybody wants a big show off house or not everybody wants a, a, a tiny house that, um, you know, they've got to all manage to work in. So finding that person is, it's a it's a person-to-person -person relationship right. that is going to be the most key to get the best out of it. And it wants a little bit of tension, but it also wants a lot of trust. Right. Because you, you, so what I'm going to paraphrase what you said, because, and then I'm going to challenge you again. So the first part okay. is make sure you find a designer that you have rapport with and that you can, you can work with because obviously some people you can work with better than others. And that's Absolutely. going to be a massive factor. So that relationship point of view is something that someone can probably sense and feel quite easily. Right. I can mm -hmm. see, okay, I like you. I get on with you. I feel I could call you up. I feel I could have discussion with you. I was having problems. Great. So there's a person, but this person I don't feel that with, and this one I don't, and this one I probably could, but I know I feel it with this one. So that's one factor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What are the three questions? What are the three questions? If you're only allowed three questions that you would ask an architect to us, okay. So we've got, we, we've established who we've got relationship. What are the three questions that you could or should ask to establish actually how good they are for your type of project? Oh, I'd be one of them that I would do, and I'm thinking on my feet here would be. So, you know, we've we've looked on your website. We've we've had a look at what you do. Um, can you tell us, like, how many of your projects get built? So, of the ones that are drawn, how many are built? Because in architecture in general, there's a lot of unbuilt projects. Right. And a lot of the time, the unbuilt projects are because they didn't meet the budget. Mm -hmm. the, the design is, is, is above the budget. It got carried so, away. Yeah. And, and that's probably... Away and it didn't match what the client needed to... Yep. Strengths the client needed to work with them. And also, on the other hand of that, the client got carried away. Right. And the designer didn't rein them in. Right. Okay. So it cuts both ways, that one. Yes. And so if, if they've got a lot of unbuilt projects um, as a percentage, then you would be questioning why. Okay, like so that's what, question why would number that one. Yeah. Um, another one would be um, where, how, how do they work? How many, what sort of meetings do they have with you? Right. At what stages do they have them? And do they work in front of you as such? You know, do, do, or is everything taken away and the next thing it's presented? What's the conversation? And know that if, if you were embarking on something where you were about to make a thousand to ten thousand decisions, all yes. of them costing you money, yes. and all of them going to affect your 
your livability and your stand, your state of um, mental space in life. Yes. Um, what, without going stupid, how much interaction would you need for your own comfort? And if you're in a, in a you know, if you're a couple, what would the other person in the couple need as well? Some right. might need a lot and some might need a little, but that would be really key to understanding how that process works. So what would, and, what would the question be to, 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 to get a um, from the architect as to what, it, what it's going to be? I would ask them what their process was. So what will happen? So if we go forward with you now, what, what's the next step? What will happen next? Will they do a diagnostic on where we're at? How, how would that diagnostic look? Is it just one chat on the phone or is it, right. you know, three meetings that we're going to walk sites or um, spend time looking through Pinterest or is it going to be um, talking about your travels and your business and the, the fabric that makes up your life and what your kids do? What are those things? Because those are going to have key values in them that you're going to be trying to match those values. Right. So getting a hold of what that process is and how long it will take and how much time you have to put into it yep. um, for this outcome is going to be key and finding it comfortable between both parties. Right, because I've heard of some people like the rich bankers in New York who don't want any communication with the mm -hmm. architect. They want the architect to do it. And yet there'll be other people who want lots of input and I want to be talking to you on a weekly basis. You know, I want you to be Absolutely. your friend. So, okay, so what was the first? The first question is around how many projects get completed. The second yeah. question would be what does our communication and our relationship look like at the various stages of the project? Yeah. Can you paint a picture for how you would see it working so that, you know, I, I get the best out of you? Final question. Um, it would be when do you stop holding my hand? Like, are you with me from the day that from this point until we open a bottle of champagne at the end of this journey and, and we're standing in the house, at what point does your services finish um, and, and I'm running this on my own? Because right. for some, some designers and architects, they may be, we'll do all the um, design and the schematics and the construction drawings and all those things and then we'll just hand you over to the builder. Right. Um, or it might be that we don't allow ourselves, we always project manage it, or it might be that we actually are the general contractor. And so we're going to carry this right through to the very end point. Right. You'll be dealing with us. And then if that's the case, at what different points, who will I be dealing with? Right. So will it shift from just you, Richard, who is the boss of the firm, who does all this part? Will I end up going down a chain of, hierarchy or a chain of experts and I what what rapport will I need with each of them along the way okay and if so you I've could got... get those three out then you know whether the, the the next question is is going to be um can you do the job for my budget right right that's number four yeah because okay. all the others match up if all the others match up then you may have found your person what was the first question? I've forgotten it. There was rapport. It was about um, rapport, yeah. Well, rapport. And then it was... And then your first... Yeah, that was, was... Oh, completed projects. Okay, so let's yes. just summarise. Because this is kind of handy for me. I'm doing a project at the moment. I wish I'd asked these questions at the start. <laughs> so number one, do I have rapport with this person? Do I feel I can relate with them? Yeah. Number, number one, yes. And then number two is, is how many projects they've completed out of all the ones they've done. 
Yeah. Because there could be a warning in that. And number three is what's our communication going to look like through? through yeah, what's our process going to be? Our process and, you know, what's it going to look like us communicating? Number four yep. is where does, where does your services start and where do they end? Yeah. And then finally, can you do this on my budget? You've, you've, gone, you've given two bonus questions. Well, there's two bonus stuff. Yeah. We've got five instead of three, so everyone should be happy. So that was brilliant. Yeah. That's cool, man. If you can get those nailed, I think you can find your right person. And certainly by going to something like this AIA tour, you can get the inspiration. And they've got webinars happening as well on some of the ticket sales. So you can actually talk to architects as well, like you would if you were in the house. Mm. Um, you can actually hear them talking to other people. You can ask questions. You can get a little bit of a feel for them. There are some sensational homes on this tour. Well, all of them are. They're yeah. all very different. Um, it's so exciting seeing in seeing what's going to be on it and then also talking to them about what are the clever little pieces and what was the client journey um, that they did to get to these homes as well. So very exciting and, yeah, fun to make these podcasts. Excellent. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you, Richard. Lovely to chat. Talk soon. Mm -hmm.